Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. Today on the show, I have James Harris. He's a writer uh, in Nottingham, uh, which we were just discussing, uh, is not the home of Robin Hood. Welcome, James. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Uh, and uh, thanks for immediately plugging a city I last lived in 22 years ago. Uh, well, so <laughs> you're, you're originally from there. So you said... I'm very proud. I'm very proud. I, I represent Nottingham to the world. I, hope. <laughs> I, think, I think there's one of you guys. So you're so you're a former comedian. Uh, I guess I guess you could talk to a little, a little bit about that, but you're also a writer now. Um, but tell us, tell us what you're up to. Well, I'm writing my Substack, mm -hmm. uh, which comes out once a week. It's called Stiff Up Equip. Um, and I published a novel last year called Midlands, uh, which is, again, Nottingham is in an uh, area of England called the East Midlands. Um, uh, but it also refers to Germany, where I lived for a long time. But, yeah, no, this is a um, sort of serendipitous theme for me because a lot of what I write about uh, on my Substack and also in my fiction is, is about failure and success. Um, and last year I wrote an essay on my substack called On Personal Failure, uh, which is which is how I looked back at some fairly significant failures I've had in my life uh, and, and what I've made of them. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, let's just talk about those. Yeah, I mean, the essay went viral. So as is, as is the... Um, the nature of such things it's probably the most successful thing i've ever written mm -hmm. uh so it, it has i think twice as many views as as any other piece on my substack so i think the first thing to say about it is whenever you start talking about this topic you realize there's lots of people who are thinking about failure uh and and thinking about success and not necessarily being able to see how they feel about these things in the complexity of their experiences reflected in the wider culture. Mm -hmm. So I had a very specific, uh, quite early experience of failure. I mean, I had all the usual childhood failures, you know, not understanding why the clocks go back and forward and things mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff you can deal with. Actually, uh, before I get to the big failure, I'll tell you that there was something I did as a child which bothered me for years and years and years. Now, this is not a significant failure, but maybe it will set the scene. I was once asked, I was on the playground. I don't know what you guys would call it in the States. Is it the playground where you all, like, recreate? Yeah, I guess it would be playground, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we so wouldn't say what... recreate. That's a little bit, that's a little <laughs> bit too, too st stiff upper lip, I guess you could say. Uh, absolutely, I am. I am absurdly formal as, a, as an Engl as an English speaker, and I, I lean into it. I, li I lived abroad, and and after a certain while, if everybody thinks you're a duke, you just kind of lean into it. Perfect. And go, yeah, okay, that's I'm gonna, great. I'm I'm, I'm going to give you what you want, I'm, even though I'm from a roughs comprehensive school in Nottingham. So everyone <laughs> thinks Americans are a hicks, so that's that's where I go for. I I I use my I use my Ohio accent when I speak. Yeah, well, uh, whereabouts are you from in Ohio? Uh, Columbus, which is just Columbus. right right in the middle. Well, Columbus is the famous bit. Uh, so, 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 I mean, it's the it's the capital. Let's isn't not go it? that far. Uh, yeah. What you got? Cincinnati. You got Cleveland. Those are the other two major cities. Cleveland at least has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they have uh, and they're by a lake. I guess that that's one of the benefits. Uh, Columbus is Columbus is sort of the business part. Columbus is the boring. Columbus is the Manchester of Ohio. 
Yes, yes. And Manchester is the Manchester of England. Yes, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, so um, yes, I have very positive views of the American Midwest, but that's 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 another story for another time. Mm -hmm. um, so, basically, I was on the playground at school, and they said to me, go round to the back playground and tell the other teachers that the break time is over. Okay. And I went instead to the school staff room and told all the other teachers <laughs> that the break time was over. And they all looked at me like, why are you telling us that? We know. And I just remember that little thing from my childhood. For years and years, it was this little marker of embarrassment, mm. seeing all these teachers' faces look up at me because I, you know, I hadn't understood the message. Anyway, so the basic thing is that, that the kind of failure is you kind of get over. Um, but maybe sets the scene that I've always had a fairly high capacity for personal embarrassment. Um, when I was at Oxford, I was the head of the Oxford Review. Does that mean anything to you, the Oxford Review? It sounds like a it sounds like a like a drama group. Yeah, and to the extent that you know English comedians like John mm -hmm. Cleese, sure, Michael sure, Palin, sure. you know the the more Terry Gilliam, um, you would know these people because they all come through this. Okay. And there's one in Cambridge as well. Now I was the head of the Oxford Review, which means basically I have to decide what goes in, I have to decide who is um, whose material gets used, and I have to do a good job of being funny. And um, every year the Oxford Review has a big gig at the Oxford Playhouse, which is a huge thing for student comedians because it's way beyond the scale that any of them um, would have been used to before, right? Uh, you know, we're talking a, a really beautiful 600-seat theatre. And since then, I haven't really had the opportunity to play many venues like this. Mm -hmm. Now, suffice to say, it went very wrong. Okay. Um, I was I was about... I was ju I just turned 20, and I wrote and directed this, this show, uh, and I think about 250 people walked out. Uh, uh, <laughs> for various reasons uh, but it was it was not it was not well received okay can we just do we talk a little bit about what the uh, what the content was or was it was did you like well the main the, the main reason was um and i don't want to i don't want to make this too um much of an excuse but the the main reason was the content was too long okay it was hugely too long and in britain we have this or certainly you did back then sort of insane last orders culture where if you want to get to the pub in those ah. days, they'd literally they literally ring a bell so if you wanted if you wanted to sneak a pint in on that evening mm -hmm. uh, it was that or stay with with my play which was now i mean it was because there was a first half which was other acts but it was it had run on a long time um but anyway so basically i was in front of an audience of my peers my contemporaries uh people who went on to become very successful in comedy and i, I had to kind of watch a lot of them walking out um, and and the audience got quite ugly and sort of started heckling what we were doing. No, we they were still are we laughing. Talking like four hours, or are we talking like an hour and a half? Well, no, my thing would have been ninety minutes tops, but the fact is there'd been another ninety minutes mm. from other comedy group before. Mm. So re realistically, with comedy, you you never really need to go over ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, not none of the great comedy films are anything more than ninety minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we were into this kind of epic uh, Greek. Greek style length of comedy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, evening of the Greek theatre. And so there I was. And the problem was, you say, I'm 20, so I've got absolutely no idea how to deal with any of this. I have no resources of failure. My, my whole imagination of this thing was you will write the Oxford Review show 
Um, you will be picked up by agents from London. You shall go there. They shall give you a theatre, mm-hmm. and uh, and you shall then become very famous as other comedians. And because that's all these people, like Peter Cook and uh, Monty Python, and all these people, that's exactly what they've done. They've gone straight from university into very successful comedy careers. But for me, what happened was it went very wrong. The next day, the student paper ran a, an article about how wrong it had gone, and I ran away. Mm-hmm. I, I literally got on a bus, went to London, uh, and then I took a train up to the Scottish Highlands. Um, And then that wasn't far enough north for me, so I then took a ferry from the Scottish Highlands uh, up to the Shetland Islands, which is this... Have you heard of these Shetland Islands? The the, the pony, they're they're of the pony fame. Exactly. The ponies are actually... They're indigenous to Mm -hmm. the... um, to the islands, but they sold the ponies as a breed elsewhere. So you can now breed them elsewhere, uh, but they kind of undermine their own pony market there. Anyway, so um, it's a little archipelago of islands uh, in the North Sea. And I kind of went there because I thought I was, I was going to kill myself. I, was, I felt that humiliated about the whole thing. Uh, and then over time, you know, a week, I kind of cooled down a bit. But I, I, what it led to then really... Um, and this isn't entirely due to the the, the, the situation. Is I had a full scale nervous breakdown um, and took a year out of university, and it took a very long time to get back onto an even keel. Uh, so the, the the performance going so wrong kind of um, it, it was a kind of lightning rod for a lot of things, but it was an enormously uh, public failure at a very early age, um, and that's and and that's really this what this essay mm-hmm. took as a starting point and I put it out there and I kind of said you know this is this is what happened to me and and this is what I've I've made of it since so there's now there are a few questions that that come to mind and I think I think this is so this this whole thing happened to you and it was actually it was terrible it sounds it sounds absolutely awful and your reaction to it was was equally awful uh and it and as you said you didn't have the resources to to manage it what do you think what do you think happened in your head at that point when you're when you're back when you're 20 what did you think this was going to be the end of your career or did this cloud the career i mean it hasn't i i, I can't like turn around now and sort of go and luckily enough it went on to i went on to have a major career in comedy and television i mean i, I have kept doing comedy for a very long time mm-hmm. so it so it wasn't enough to put me off that But I think the key point you make is I just what I would do now uh, or or, or with the resources, I would realize that I should go back after the show to all the actors and say, darling, you were wonderful. I'm sorry it's worked out like this Uh, and, and, and sort of, you know, have that personal warmth. But I didn't I didn't have the tools. And I think that was why. That that was it it wasn't just that I was failing because we all we all fail in life and we all fail to a greater or lesser degree. Um, but I was being introduced to the concept of failure mm-hmm. itself. Um, and that and that meant that, um, first of all, it's, I mean, it's like getting your heart broken for the first time, right? And, and, and that first heartbreak is you read, well, no one has ever died of a broken heart, but you're like, well, maybe I'll be the first. Yeah. Or, or maybe you're but, the one who's going to be who's going to die indirectly from that broken heart, or indirectly from that failure. Exactly, and I just did not have any tools to, to deal with this. Um, and now you incorporate it in, into that. But I suppose what I've been trying to, what I was trying to say in this essay is, d- don't necessarily think that if you have this kind of experience, 
that you're going to be able to fit it into an easy narrative because it's not sport unless you're a professional sports person where you lose the big game and you can come back the next year and play the big game again and even then a very limited number of times uh, you you're not necessarily going to have a neat narrative where you kind of come back and obviously I've had wonderful times with audiences since then I've had great experiences in comedy you know um, but it doesn't it doesn't take it doesn't like resolve that issue it just because it's it's up to you to kind of come to peace with it in your own terms if that makes sense mm -hmm. I wonder so there's there's a lot of discussion about cancel culture and, and getting canceled online and my personal view is that the online world is not the real world and is to a degree unimportant I mean absolutely people are going to check you out online and see that you did said something horrible at some point and we're do we see that in jk rowling and all this other stuff um but do what are some did, would you would you equate your experience back then 20 years ago to the experience somebody now who's 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 kind of new to the idea of of fame getting canceled online and if there's any way back from that uh like I think I think you wrote here in the in the thing the idea of social credit sort of disappearing is did first off did you lose your social credit because of this happening and do you think social credit can be can be uh, maintained I I completely and that was what was so difficult because Oxford's a hyper competitive environment mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be incredibly competitive to get there in the first place right uh, uh so so the fact that somebody had like slipped over and 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 kind of landed in a custard pie publicly it was it, you know y y you feel people are kind of turning away from you or, or are not interested in you uh in in the same way so to to an extent i mean the thing is it's a physical thing with actual people there my mum and dad were there mm -hmm. in the room you know um and, and what for me is the more significant thing is that how i had imagined things going um, was not how they turned out. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I'm not sure that's quite the same with somebody because I think everybody can imagine being cancelled or can imagine saying the wrong thing, which is one reason people are quite cautious online about mm -hmm. what they say. Um, but for me, and, and obviously this is something I had to learn at some point or other, uh, I, I just hadn't imagined that it was going to go like that. And is that... Should we be imagining those situations? Should we be imagining that is is that is that part of the artistic growth to be able to head off those sorts of things? Well, I think there's a I think there's also like it's it's a very complex thing because there's growth also in terms of respecting your audience and mm -hmm. respecting other people. And I think what I had to learn was a respect for other people and their attention. Uh, that it wasn't that the, the the relationship between an audience is just not is not just me going, I'm wonderful and this is my brilliant thing and acclaim it. It's a dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, and that kind of warmth and compassion is that which which I feel towards anybody who takes any kind of interest in my work mm. is 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 as a, as a result of this. Um, so, I think. Yeah, I know. But does that sort of answer the question? No, no, I think that I think that answers it. I mean, there, there's a reason why I make these podcasts like 20 or 30 minutes. I don't want to have people sit here for two hours listening to us talk. Because I think that, I think, first off, encouraging that sort of respect for the audience in any in any medium. It could be the length of your Substack post. It could be the length of your book. It could be the length of your movie, etc. 
is is I think vital, and I like that idea of the communication between the audience and the and the performer or the or the producer. Yeah, and that's what I mean because what the the reason that connects to what I'm saying is because it's not it's not just about like fear of losing your fear to take risk because you know okay um, there's the fear of tech I, I have less fear of failure than I used to, but at the same time I think it's also taught me to produce and create things which are less likely to fail mm -hmm. because they have that respect for the audience is there ever is there ever a, a, a situation where you overcorrect because of that initial failure uh i think that if i were you know if i were ever to achieve major commercial success which which i haven't but i think it i think I think it would probably take me a few more times to get to my like experimental jazz album or or, or, or whatever it is, you know, that, that thing where people clearly have attained enough commercial mm -hmm. success and they're going to do the thing which pleases them, um, whatever it is. But no, I don't, I don't think so. But I think, I think, I think what it probably has meant is that I'm less interested in experimentation than mm. I am, than I was before artistic experimentation. I, uh, that's just my particular thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I think having had that experience very young has made me think, you know, creating something which people like and entertains them is actually so hard that I have an enormous respect for anybody who can do that. Hmm. What would you tell the young James Harris uh, on that night? Oof, I don't know. <laughs> the, the problem the problem is he had to kind of go through that process um i would tell him to go and say well done to all the actors mm -hmm. and uh if there's a glass to be raised raise the glass and say to everybody you you did your best well that's lovely um stiff upper quip is your Substack, right we want people to go over there and sign up are you working yeah on... and i've got this i've got this failure seminar did did you hear about this? Nobody, no, nobody say <laughs> there's a failure. There's a failure to share that the failure seminar. Yeah, I'm doing an intellect salon okay. on coping, coping, basically coping with professional re rejection, and uh, I, it's going to be next month. It's uh, it's a one-off basically, and I want people to come and talk about you know their own experiences, how they cope. I mean, I'm not I'm not offering people. Um, like to go to a seminar and I'll teach you how to be a success. What I can 100% teach people is how to cope with things not working out. Uh, that that I can help with. Mm -hmm. I like it. And how how can people find that? That's on Intellect. Um, I think tickets are ten dollars. That it's a US thing, so it's sold in dollars. Please come because it is going to be quite embarrassing if I have to say I'm afraid the failure <laughs> seminar is cancelled due to lack of attendance. <laughs> so you're so so everybody needs to go to James Harris now on Twitter and you'll find uh, you'll find some of his. You'll, I think you'll find your, yeah, your you, Substack and then we're going to find you'll your... find my Substack and I'm plugging I'm plugging I'm plugging everything on there and uh, yeah. I'm very excited it. about a failure seminar. Perfect. This is exactly yeah. exactly up my alley. Uh, James, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah. This has been Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success. I'm John Biggs. See you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.